0: All right. So today I have Sharon Lecter on the line. Uh, She's an internationally recognized as a financial literacy expert and keynote speaker. Um, Sharon's a uh, New York Times bestseller, author, successful um, entrepreneur, philanthropist, and licensed CPA. Also, Sharon is co-author of the international bestseller, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and 14 books in the Rich Dad series. Uh, In 2008, when the economy crashed, she was asked by the Napoleon Hill Foundation to re-energize the teachings of Napoleon Hill. Her bestselling books with the foundation include Three Feet from Gold, Outwitting the Devil, and Think and Grow Rich for Women. And her fourth book, which I'm excited to get into today, um, is Success and Something Greater, will be released in September. Uh, Sharon's also featured in the movie Sink and Grow Rich, The Legacy. Uh, Sharon, welcome to the show.
1: Well, thank you, Adam. I'm delighted to be with you. Thank you.
0: So I'm excited to get more into your your background, what what you've been doing. I mean, I'll tell you my my first um, introduction to your work was in Rich Dad Poor Dad, like I'm sure many and I remember uh, growing up really reading that book and uh, reading your name even a uh, long time ago and thinking, wow, this is really interesting, and it made a big difference in my in my life as it has I know in many others that have read the book. Um, But before we get into um, what you're doing a little bit more present day, let's go into your background a little bit more. So so how did you get started sharing in business and in your career?
1: Well, thanks, Adam, and certainly I'll try try and give you the Cliff Notes version because I've been around a long time. (laughs) I grew up in a very uh, lower middle class home. My parents did not have high school degrees. My dad went on self-taught to teach the engineering school for the Navy, so he was very brilliant, but their goal was to have their daughters get college educations. And so growing up, I lived in a small house between my mother's beauty shop, my dad's used car lot. Um We had rental properties. We had to scrub a, between tenants and orange groves, And I swore I, I would never be an entrepreneur. So I'm going to become <laughs> a sophisticated professional. And so... Um, I started off as going through a um, biology degree and in accounting and I said oh, I can get out of school quicker on accounting and so I decided I'm going to become a CPA, I'm going to become a partner, I'm going to make all this money, I'm going to be able to retire and that's the track that I was leading. I was in a fast track at that time, Cooper's and Lybrand, one of the big eight um, accounting firms in Atlanta, Georgia and about the ripe old age of 25, I said wait a minute, I'm really successful. I'm working hundreds of hours for someone else. If I'm going to work this hard, you know, maybe my parents weren't as, as stupid as I thought they were. Um, mm. you know, the whole concept of understanding to buy, build, and create assets for yourself, and so. Um, I'd been in public accounting. It was an incredible experience. I saw lots of companies and how they did things right. And I saw just as many companies making lots of mistakes, but I saw it from the inside out. So I learned so much going through that experience. But at 20, 25, I basically dedicated the rest of my career to um, entrepreneurship and starting and really owning my own companies. I met wow. my husband, fast forward. Um, started a woman's magazine and then I met the inventor of the first talking children's book. So you're young enough, you probably grew up with a few books that had sound strips down the side. Oh, I yeah. started that I started that industry with the inventor and we grew that over four years into a global brand and um sold that and that's when we actually relocated to Arizona. The following year my oldest son graduated from high school and ended up in college and had lots of fun his first semester because he got all these credit cards we didn't know about so he came home (laughs) at Christmas asking him to asking us to bail him out we said no took him seven years to get out of debt seven years to repair his credit but he's as passionate as we are today about financial literacy and financial education and so that really was December of 1992 when I dedicated the rest of my career to financial literacy Fast forward a few years, I'd been working with the school system to try and get financial education, but I got a call one day from my husband. He's a well-known intellectual property attorney, and he had this guy who walked in with this idea for a game drawn out on a piece of butcher block paper, flip-flops and a Hawaiian shirt, and his name was Robert Kiyosaki. I met him um, at a beta test for the cash flow game. I'm the only one that got out of the rat race, and it was exactly the messaging That i wanted people to understand the importance of creating buying and building income producing assets at the time he was financially free he owned two small apartment complexes hundred thousand a year but their living expenses they lived in a two-bedroom condo were only thirty thousand so they were financially free and i said this is the message people need to understand in order you know financial freedom comes from Assets, income-producing assets where that income exceeds your monthly expenses. It doesn't have to be millions. That means you're financially free. And um, I love the game. I volunteered to help them commercialize it. During that process, um, we became partners because I said, we need to really write a brochure because you wanted to charge $200 for the game. The brochure we wrote was called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So we never, ever thought our brand was Rich Dad. Our company name was Cash Flow, and the world said, no, 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 we want more books. So that became a 10-year partnership. We wrote 15 books together. I was CEO. I led the company. We were partners in the the organization. And um, 10 years later, you know, we had millions of books sold in 100 countries, 50 languages, and... um, you know, at that point we'd been together ten years. He wanted to go into franchise, and I did not agree with the model. I made the decision; it was great for us financially, but it wasn't a good model for the franchisees. So I made the decision to leave Rich Dad. And um, it was very difficult. You know, at the time I thought Rich Dad was my legacy, but no, somebody upstairs had more for me to do. A few months later, I got a call from President Bush. I had the incredible honor to be on the first Presence Advisory Council for Financial Literacy. And I serve Bush and Obama. And I tell people sometimes you have to close one door for other doors to open. I wouldn't have gotten that call mm-hmm. had I still been at Rich Dad. And then we know what happened to the economy in 2008. That's when I got the call from the Napoleon Hill Foundation asking me to help reinvigorate the teachings of Napoleon Hill and Think and Grow Rich. And so now 10 years later from that, I've, I have my own company called Pay Your Family First with our own products, but I've also... Released now four books with the napoleon health foundation that kind of brings you up to today but in the process i'm still a huge advocate i'm on the um, financial literacy task force for the state of arizona to get financial literacy into the schools here i serve on a national commission for the aicpa my profession so that kind of brings you full circle to where i am today
0: i love it and um the whole the whole the common theme of financial literacy i'll tell you so i i growing up I didn't have um you know i I was fortunate to start in my first um finance um background career at a pretty young age so I was sixteen when I started my first firm but uh, that being said, that, ca- that game that you mentioned, cash flow Quadrant, that's literally how I patterned my life was based off of playing that game. I, I, I remember still to this day, I had the little playing card and I just started, I, I brought out a notebook and I just made that same playing card in the notebook. And every month, that's how I would play the game. And it led me to buying some apartments and other things like that and then doing that whole thing that you mentioned. Was, I wasn't making a million dollars a year, but um, I was um, financially free in terms of cash flow. And it was that so that really changed my perception of how money worked, even though I'd had some background in actual finance. so I I love the work. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about um, what you're doing in financial literacy as an overall theme in, in the United States and with the organizations that you're working with. Because I think it's su- it's super interesting and important to try to, to further these missions and uh, how we get them into the school systems and make it more um, common day knowledge. So how, what do you think is um, some of, are some of the best ways that we're going to work to really um, promote this through the school systems?
1: Well, as parents, um, as aunts and uncles, we, we have to take up the, the mantle and um, really require that financial literacy and financial education be cut. Money is a life skill. And those children, when they graduate, are going to have to deal with money no matter what they become, whether they're a CEO or a janitor in a company or an entrepreneur. And um, it's criminal that we're not teaching them the basics of money skills. And it's something that um, there are now 17 states out of 50 that mm. have some sort of personal finance, and for uh, for high school graduation, only five of those 12 have a separate class. Wow! And it's criminal. We have to require this. Um, you know, we teach children in all 50 states about uh, condoms, right? We teach them about sexual education, but we're not teaching them anything about money, and it's um it's just crazy, and it's going to take people standing up and demanding it, because if we really want to level the playing field between the haves and the have-nots, that happens by educating all of our children about money, because if not, they learn about money at home. So you hear the phrase, the rich get richer, the poor get poorer. Well, that's because that's where they're learning about money.
0: Did I hear you correctly that only five states have really that separatized programming in terms of classes?
1: Yes, only five states. Have a separate financial personal finance class before
0: Wow graduation. yeah that that is that's requires. criminal that that's that's appalling. I had no idea that it was that little I thought that only certain areas were kind of underserved but it's it really sounds like it's the overall theme
1: yeah 12 states require some sort of personal financial education but it can be incorporated in other classes so it's not a separate concentration mm-hmm, class. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow um, let's switch it up a bit I want to talk a little bit more about um, what you what you're doing um, with the Napoleon Hill Foundation and kind of how you're reinvigorating that brand and I know there were some speaking engagements and some other things that are happening um, I know I know some past I think there's some um, still some there's, there's a tour may still be going on right now can you talk a little bit more about that
1: certainly Thank you. Um, Yes, well, I I read Think and Grow Rich when I was 19. I didn't realize the impact it had on me until I was in my 30s. But um, I knew Don Green, who's the CEO of the foundation, and when the economy turned down, he reached out to me because he had recently learned that I had left Rich Dad, didn't realize that. And he said, you know, with this this recession, so many young people don't even know who Napoleon Hill is. They've Mm -hmm. never read Think and Grow Rich. We need to get this information out. And so I had the huge honor. My first book with them was called Three Feet from Gold, which I did with Greg Greed, and it was a huge success. But in that process, they also called me, and they had this manuscript that had been hidden for 73 years locked away that Napoleon Hill himself had written called Outwitting the Devil. And so when he released Think and Grow Rich in 1937, um, he was frustrated. He spent 25 years of his life writing this book, and he said, you know, he realized. Even though people know what they're supposed to do, they don't do it. We're our own worst enemies because of something called fear. Fear of failure, fear of success, fear of of, um, losing the money, fear of never being good enough. And so he sat down and in a few short months wrote Outwitting the Devil. The title scared his wife. She forbid it from being published. It got hidden away. And literally 73 years later, the foundation got it and they asked me to review it. And it was an, it's an incredible book. It really has accomplished what our goal was because it's really kind of lit on fire with the uh, millennials and the younger generations. Because it's a little irreverent, a little in your face. It's actually an interrogation of the devil. And then he says, you can think I'm talking to the real devil or an imaginary one, but will you derive any benefit? And he really goes into every taboo there is: sex, politics, religion, diet. And he attacks every one of them as to being tools of the devil, ways that people get misdirected, and that too many people are quote unquote drifters, going through life without a definite purpose, going through life really at the whim of others. You know, not taking a stand in what they want out of life and going for it. He talks about what you can do to break the shackles of fear that holds us back.
0: Uh, and in my mind, I know we, I couldn't really call this contemporary because of how long ago it was written. But since it was released so recently, I guess I could kind of call it contemporary. But it's one of my favorite works that's come out recently. Um, I mean, I, I when I listened to production value on the audio book for that, I remember listening to it in my car, and I was a little scared, like the voices and everything else. Like it's just amazing. Well, I, I have to tell
1: you, Adam, that was so. I had so much fun with it because I required the. Audiobook, I said, we've got to have separate voices, and I wanted the devil's voice to be grovelly, right?
0: Oh my I have, gosh,
1: I have so many people that go, I hear his voice all just all the time in my head i one guy said I had to pull off the side of the road when this was going on. <laughs> no, it's, it's no. kind of like a radio drama, not an audio book.
0: Yeah, like the uh, – like uh, well, there's, yeah, no, I was totally – when I'm, I'm listening to this and I'm like – and it sticks with me to this day and what I love about it is that out of – in my opinion, out of anything, if we want to call that a genre or whatever we want to say, if, if it's self-help, motivation, finance, or any of those book genres we want to kind of lump it in possibly, um, I think it sticks out the most because of the way it's done and it's one of those things that just sticks with you. Like other books can't quite stick that way because it is shocking and in my opinion, of course, I have no – way of knowing this but I think when Napoleon Hill wrote it um, he probably knew that that it's something that would like it would shake people to actually and especially in his time I can't imagine like you said I think 70 years or so ago like if this would have come out back then oh my gosh
1: (laughs) well and I actually agree with you I think there was a higher power at work because had it come out in 1938 when he wrote it Mm -hmm. it probably would have stunted the popularity of think and I think it was the right message at the right time now, and I think um, it really is it's got long legs it's really it's mm-hmm. been incredible. We're so proud of, of what it's happened you know the impact that it's having, and it's bringing a lot of um, a lot of young people into the fold of understanding that they need to take control of their own lives, they need to mm-hmm. get past those elements of fear and, that, and really empower themselves to take control, have that definiteness of purpose and move forward. And in doing that, it, was, it really, the next step for me was also addressing that issue for women, and that's why I wrote Thinking Grow Rich for Women, which was a just an incredibly fun project, looking at those tenants of Thinking Grow Rich, but through the eyes of a successful one, because, of course, when he wrote it, releasing it in 1937, very few women were in business. Mm-hmm. And so that was so much fun. And then now, really in celebration of my 10-year relationship with them, they came back to me and said, you know, the the title that Napoleon Hill was going to use in his last book was Success and Something Greater, and we would like for you to use that title. And so the the new book that you referred to, which is coming out in September, is available for pre-order on Amazon right now. It's called Success and Something Greater. Greg Reed and I got back together to co-author this one as well, and we talk about House, we interview a bunch of different incredible people all who have different takes on success and so they share they share their magic keys their their thoughts process and so people reading it whether you are an executive or a CEO or an entrepreneur it gives you the opportunity to see unique marketing ideas unique um, ways to create success and unique look at what success is. And that's why it's called success and something greater.
0: Oh, that's great. Um, And so, and you said uh, that's available now on Amazon for pre-order, correct?
1: Yes, it is. All right. Special price, yeah
0: fantastic so um well sharon hey i really appreciate you coming on the show today so first of all um to the listeners definitely go grab that on amazon um pick up the pre-order success in something greater um and sharon if somebody wants to find out more about more about yourself or the other works that you mentioned what where's the best area for them to go get that info
1: well thank you adam yes i'm on all the socials author sharon Lecture, facebook linkedin um I'm on Twitter, I'm on Instagram, Sharon Lecter, but you can go to SharonLecter.com as well. I do have a private Facebook group, a movement that I created called Play Big Movement with Sharon Lecter. I invite you all to join. It's totally free. And then we talk about those elements of success, how you create your own success. So I created something that I give as a free gift. If you're interested in sharing that with your audience, you can go to bit.ly forward slash success equation. And there's, it's not a sales proposition. It's simply giving you a tool where I walk you through the formulas of success so that you can analyze your own you know, powers of association, the actions that you need to take to help you find the success that's true to you.
0: That's awesome. Um, Sharon, thanks again for coming on the show. Really appreciate it and sharing your background and all the great work you're doing. Um, To the audience, as always, thank you for tuning in. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave me a review, do all those great things we do to support our podcasters. I really do appreciate it. And uh, Sharon, thanks again for coming on.
1: Well, thank you, Adam. It's been a delight.